Professionals out there in the IoT, you are listening to Real World IoT, powered by 151 Advisors, and I am Ken Briota, your host. On this podcast, we try to dig into the real meat of the issues facing the IoT and present some uh, real-world solutions from the experts like you out there in the field. My guest today is uh, Jason Carabetta, and I'm very happy to have you, Jason. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Ken. I appreciate you having me. In case the folks aren't familiar with you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, uh, and your work and your company? Sure. So uh, I spent the last 18 years creating IoT solutions uh, in various different markets, uh, from heavy equipment to oil and gas and water. And I recently uh, took over as CEO of Rugged Telemetry, where we create ruggedized uh, IoT solutions that focus on water SCADA. Uh, tank monitoring, and uh, oil and gas. We create some pretty unique solutions uh, like dynamic rod pump controllers where we go in and we try to make existing solutions more efficient and bring more value to the customer based off the uh, data we extract. Now, I find this whole piece of, of the IoT industry really interesting personally because it seems like something that it would be easy to, to dismiss for a layperson uh, to think, well, I mean, all right, tank monitoring, whatever. But this is actually like critical infrastructure for farmers and water management and oil and gas companies. I mean, th- this is their literally their lifeblood <laughs> as they as they work. What are some of their their challenges that they come to you with and and they're looking to to solve? Because the old way is what a dipstick, right? <laughs> yeah, no, sure, great question. The old way is a dipstick, and it's actually a very efficient way of measuring a liquid level. Um, but the challenges are, you know, going out there, depending on where the tank is, uh, getting the measurement. And then there's no way or efficient way to get your alarms or things that are happening in the field. And, you know, the, uh, the other challenge there is, um, uh, we deal with a couple of tanks that are high up on mountains and when something mm-hmm. happens or something goes wrong, right? How do you, how do you get to that tank and how do you know immediately? So, um, those are one of the challenges, yeah. the challenges people don't realize with tank monitoring is actually selecting the right sensor. Uh, you know, sure. water is easy, but as you start to get into these other, uh, chemicals and liquids, understanding their properties and being able to get an accurate measurement. And let's, let's take oil for an example. You know, there's no great way of getting a very accurate oil reading because of the changing specific gravity and, and everywhere you extract oil, there's, a certain amount of water in the oil, which throws off the uh, measurements. So um, what we try to do is not only find the right sensor, but educate the customer on here's what we're pulling out, right? Here's what you're going to get and having them understand the information. Um, And and some of these guys are also uh, challenged by installation. So we Mm -hmm. uh, try to build and create products to make a very user-friendly environment in the field. You know, we deal with the industrial side. uh, yeah, and and you sort of I, I love it when a guest does the segues for me. It seems so much more natural. You <laughs> you you've moved into something that that I find really interesting because I know that you know in in my past interviews and talking with folks in in legacy industries like this where they're dealing with a lot of history, a lot of this is the way we've always done it kind of mentality. Um, you know, farmers, uh, you know, uh, energy folks and, and stuff who've been working in a, in a way for a long time, 
they are slow to change and and very conservative in their their changing processes, but they also really understand the power of of improved systems. So I would expect, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, I would expect that many of their early discussions with you are, how do we get this in, in a way that's cost effective and time effective in terms of labor and stuff that will work reliably, where we're not going to have to come back a hundred times and be like tweaking it and figuring it out and, and everything else. The installation question has got to be a huge question for, for you guys. And how do you sort of address that? What's, what are... What are they looking for? Are they looking for a, you know, a team to work with them 24-7 for the whole time? I would expect not. That seems like it would violate the cost-effectiveness part of this equation. Correct. Right. <laughs> One of the first questions that, that we get asked is, well, how much does it cost? Right. It's usually the first question. And then the second question is, well, how much does it cost for you to come and do the installation? And then yeah. the cost to do the installation is actually more than the cost of the equipment most of the time, depending on where you have to travel to, how many people you have to bring out. And of mm-hmm. course, it's either a one or two day job. So that, that starts pushing the right. cost up. So we design our, our panels. And when we talk to the, uh, the, the guys in the field, everything's designed and built around being very simple to install. So from the connectors that we'll use in the panel, you know, how do they snap into place? Uh, the labeling and instructions, we try to keep everything really simple. So when we do that and we actually review that, whether it's a water utility industry or uh, an agricultural company or farmer, we try to give them the confidence that, hey, what we're gonna do here is fairly simple, right? From installation mm-hmm. and programming. So most of our panels go out pre-programmed. So it's just a matter of, the uh, technician or the farmer or whoever's going to do the installation, being able to cement the pole in the ground, mount the pole, and yeah. really hook up about six wires, and your installation's complete. So, uh, so you, need, you need somebody who knows a little bit about concrete and somebody who knows a little bit about electricity. <laughs> yeah, and we start talking about the concrete. They're really confident. They have no problems concreting a pole in the ground, right? So these guys are, uh, especially <laughs> in the farming industry, they're laborers. It's the technology side that scares them. Um, and they understand the benefits of getting this information or, you know, so if it's a agricultural farm that has maybe diesel tanks that they're trying to, you know, uh, just keep track of how much diesel fuel is going out. Or if it's a mm-hmm. water tank vital to a position where they're going to feed uh, uh, cows, right? You run out of water and that could be, it could be a very uh, yeah. uh, a costly problem. So they want the technology. They're just fearful of it. And we try to overcome that by simplifying everything from right. installation the, right make every, you got to make everything the, very- yeah does the fear about connectivity come into it at all or are they pretty confident that that sort of piece of it is going to uh going to connect up you fairly know, the, easily you know it's one of the pieces that is uh, interesting it's usually why we get the uh, phone call in the first place because we specialize in those hard to reach areas so uh, you know, most of the equipment we send out is going to go over satellite. Uh, we're usually mm-hmm. dealing with uh, uh, places that aren't in cellular connectivity. I mean, we do offer cellular because some people have a mix of both cellular and satellite. Uh, but right. the, um, uh, yeah, connectivity is always an issue. And that's one of the challenges that that's kept some of these guys from or these companies from putting solutions out there. Right. They they've only looked at some of these older RF. And when you start to get into 
at uh, some of these older RF, it's very expensive to set up. You're setting up multiple radios. You have a base station. Mm -hmm. And for a farm or even uh, give you uh, another one as a, as a rural water, right? Rural water is run by uh, usually a committee. A committee right. that is, uh, you know, voted in and they want to skate a system. They want to operate their water utility more efficiently. But, you know, jumping into a traditional big skate system, it's, it's expensive and it's difficult to mm -hmm. install and manage. So we try to remove that from the equation and say, hey, here's, here's a very simple SCADA system. You install this on your tank, install this at your, your pumping stations. And, you know, and from your iPhone, let's operate your water system. Yeah. And I think, I think that mobile, the, everybody's so familiar with the mobile app interface that I think that that makes it uh, feel a little more comfortable for folks would be my, my guess. It does. It, it makes it easier. I think people are more comfortable now with these online cloud-based systems, everything we're moving towards a cloud-based system. So even in that industrial sure. uh, space, they're, they're comfortable with these cloud-based systems and it makes it easy, right? They want something that's mm -hmm. easy, that runs itself, and more importantly, that tells them when there's something wrong, right? That's the key piece. Well, right. Proactive system. The alerts. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, that eliminates the whole thing with, uh, you know, having to roll out a truck or an inspector uh, periodically. You know, you wait for an alert instead of saying, all right, once a week, buddy, you got to drive around to all the tanks and check them. You know, you, you can just, you can trust in the equipment to give you the alerts and maybe send somebody around once a every quarter to make sure everything is still working properly. Absolutely. And the reason we, the reason we put these systems in place is to increase the efficiency of the operation, right? How, how can we mm -hmm. do more with less? Um, right. Also on the preventative side. So they don't on, in the oil industry, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to, if their tank is leaking, they want to know about it. Um, if they're supposed to get an oil pickup, you know, did the guys pick up and empty the tank because if it overflows and it causes other issues. So, it just creates right. a more friendly environment for them to operate. And now instead of um, a, uh, a, an oil operator having to go and check each of his tanks every day, right, he can just log in and say, okay, well, this here's exactly where yeah. we are. And then I think so, yeah. I'm just going to say oh, go ahead, go ahead. about that too is as you start collecting information where it may start off as, hey, I, just, I need to know when my tank's higher. I need to know when my tank's low depending on the type of operation, some guys start to say, oh, wow, look at this. I see that my tank gains normally six inches a day. And when they see it gain four inches a day, they say, well, maybe there's something wrong in the field now. So they start to see how that data can um, uh, help them identify other problems in the operation. Right. And that sort of leads to the, the other half of this conversation I want to have with you, which is the, the broader sort of ROI conversation because the 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 folks that you deal with uh, as i said before are conservative in terms of their their outlay you know they want to be sure that there's an roi there and i think that um there's a a a, a real responsibility to talk to them about how they're going to get the return from the increased efficiency and this is real world IoT, so now here's the hard question. How much does this sort of a system actually cost to a you know a small farmer looking to monitor their water or a uh you know a small town water management company or uh, you know or is it a per tank type of cost? Is there a uh how much outlay are they looking to do 
versus how long before they start to see return on that? Like when they ask you those questions, how do you start to answer them? Because obviously the size matters in this no, case, but you know. Absolutely. And it, and it depends on, there's a lot of factors that go into the ROI, right? There's no magic bullet that says, okay, put your stuff in this calculation. So. Right. Here's, here's 10 grand, you know. Yes. And it's a conversation, <laughs> really. It's a conversation on how are you operating your business um, in terms of, it depends on their pain points, right? What pain points are you trying to uh, solve? And, and tank monitoring has a, a pretty wide scope in terms of, where your prices come in, uh, and that and that's because the the means to measure a liquid can range from a simple six hundred dollar pressure transducer, all the way up to mm-hmm. a twenty five hundred dollar guided wave radar. So, what okay. are you looking for in accuracy and height, or am I looking at a grain? Do I need so so some of it's very much uh, sensor driven. So depending on the types of sensors mm-hmm. and and the other uh, uh, sides that they're looking for. So. You know, do I, do I need a keypad on it? Do you need a visual display? So it ranges, right? And From what, as low as 13 and, or And what is the measure? 5,000 a tank. And what is the measure of ROI? Is it raw dollars in the end or is it man hours? Is it uh, improved operational efficiency? It's obviously a little bit of each of those, but what is they? <laughs> what are they, what are they looking for? Like, what's the piece of it that convinces people when you're talking about this becomes, actually works a lot of it becomes operational efficiency right so and cost savings because of problems that they happen in the field so especially in the water industry you know on the agricultural side some of the farmers we deal with literally would be going two or three times uh to the tank right so it's 15 minutes there 15 minutes back so there's a half hour of just back and forth i mean i guess if mm-hmm. you calculate their time and the gas that you burn, but just a nuisance. What else could they be doing besides going back and forth to check this tank? Um, and so now what they do is they just wait for it to get low. They get a text alert. They go turn the pumps on, right? And this water yeah. tank, the one, the one that we re- solved for uh, one of our farmers is it's an avocado farm. And I, mean, I think the water tank feeds about 10 houses plus the farm. Yeah. So they never want to run out of water. And it, that one was all about an operational efficiency. Their full ROI is just an operation because, you know, we're not saving them any amount of water, right? We're just saving them from traveling up and down that mountain to check the tank constantly. And then you run right. company. And downtime that, too. I mean, obviously downtime. you're saving them from emergency cost because, I mean, especially I would think in the oil and gas space where if you've got a leak that you didn't know about in a remote area, I mean, that could be the ball game. That could be years worth of environmental impact and all sorts of other stuff. So, so that's got to come into the equation somehow, it even more so than with the water equation. Actually, in oil and gas, believe it or not, we're usually called in because of theft. They want to monitor the tanks. They think somebody's draining off oil. Um, Interesting. <laughs> and then what, what happens is, is they, as they start to monitor the tank, they, they get into it, right? It's, they're looking at daily gains in those tanks each day, like I was talking about before. And sometimes I find out, well, oh, I see what the problem is. The problem is, is I'm only producing two inches a day now instead of six inches a day. So nobody took oil. I'm not producing as much. And they start then to look at other problems they may find in the field. And again, this isn't the marginal uh, oil well production. So these are these, those small right. stripper wells. And which is yeah. great for us because then we can talk about our, our dynamic rod pump, uh, pump controllers, which actually operate those and they increase the efficiency yeah. of things we do there. So, um, right, right, right. 
Yeah. So, but you're right. ROI is a big one because the equipment is not inexpensive, right? By any means. And mm-hmm. right. um, it seems like every uh, vertical that we go into has it, there are different ROI calculation. Um, but right. in the water industry, it's always been an operational efficiency. Okay. What's okay. So I want to expand this up to the larger sort of IOT uh, industrial, not necessarily consumer facing piece of it. Cause it seems like most of the guys that you talk to are not necessarily uh, layman consumer facing. They're dealing with their own operations and, and that kind of thing. Correct. <laughs> yeah. If we plan a commercial space, do they, industrial. do they not, do they understand when you come into these discussions, do they really understand the IOT or IIOT proposition at, at first, how, how, much education are you guys being, you know, sort of in a position to, to give? Well, they, uh, the, the, the industries or the people that we usually deal with don't look at this as an IOT solution, right? Because that's, it's not a buzzword for them. They haven't spent their whole mm-hmm. last 15 or 16 years talking about M to M or SCADA or IOT for them. It's, mm-hmm. I have a problem. Can you, can you help me fix this problem? And it's either tank monitoring or it's water SCADA or it's a pump controller. The, right. And what they get educated on now is it's traditionally for them, it was something that was isolated. Maybe it was a landline that set off something in an alarm panel. So, for, But now it's, okay, well, I have all these tools available to me. So they're getting a full dose of IOT. They just don't know what's IOT, right? To them, it's an application yeah. solution that helps them run a more efficient business. Well, that uh, sort of lends itself to my uh, general uncomfortableness with IOT as a term. It's a, it's a functional term within our industry, but I don't think it's super useful to the people that we're often talking to, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, I think I think what you've just said there though is actually really sort of salient and it's an important point for the listeners and and bears a little bit of expansion out. It's the idea of uh solutions offering rather than talking about buzzwords. I mean we're real world IoT here, so we don't we don't like our marketing speak. We like our, our real talk. And I think the real talk is here's how we can take these networking and these these sensor solutions and tie them into a cloud solution that you can now expand out and you can improve your operations indefinitely by adding new pieces and collecting new data and performing new analytics. And I'm interested, have you seen, because it seems like most of uh, most of the discussion we've been having is about sort of the initial install, the initial introduction to this work. Have you seen some some of your clients or have you talked to other, other folks where they're jumping up a level and they're moving into uh, really mining their data for analytics and getting involved in the, the uh, predictive stuff and the, the real meat of what IoT is, is able to offer? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When they start seeing the data come in, right, and you're right, it starts off as we're, we're here to fix a problem or, or help automate a process. And then we proactively start pulling more data than what they're asking for, because we know that the power of that data, when we start to take a look at it and, 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 and breaking it up, um, especially in the water industry, when you get into these, uh, uh, what they call them pits, they either have valves or, uh, or, or uh, pumps. And we start saying, all right, well, you know, 
we can just tell from this data, we start giving them uh, how much water you're pumping every 15 minutes, what is it day over day, uh, month over mm -hmm. month, and then you start doing all these comparisons for them. And, you, and again, it's part of extracting the data and showing it to right. them. What happens, they start saying, oh, this is great. Well, can we do this? Can we do that? And they want to expand it. But I think it's, it's getting it in place is the hardest piece. And then once it's in place, it really sells itself in terms of expanding on its capabilities, right? And sometimes we don't know. They come to us and say, hey, here's the problem we're having. Can you, can you solve this problem by adding these sensors? And you know, a lot of this stuff obviously yeah. is driven by sensors and the data you can collect. Um, right, but, right. But yes, absolutely. I mean, so we're, we're getting, once they get the data, it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, we're getting near the end of our time here, and, and I want to sort of give you the floor. Our audience is, and the folks who are out there listening are people like you who are working day to day in the space and looking to learn. And if you're, you know, at, at a conference and you're speaking to your peers about your own learnings and your own experience over the last 18 years, what's the most important lesson or set of lessons that you'd say is going to help them, A, grow their business and in the IoT, and B, improve their customers' business operations, which is really the 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 end goal. Because the more we do that, the bigger everybody grows. All the boats rise. I think it's keep it simple. I think you have to start off with a very simple solution for the customer that's solving a problem, and 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 that and take that opportunity to learn uh, in terms of what's going on with their business. And as you start to see the data and work with the customer then gradually build it up because, you know, we, we're coming into this with a lot of experience on the cloud side, the analytics, the processing, and all the things we can do. And I think if you go too fast, too quickly, you scare a customer away or they're saying, hey, this is too complicated of a solution for me. I, we, we can't manage all that, right? It, it's got to start off where you're dealing with an industry or in our, in our case, right, we're not on the consumer side, but we're on the industrial side. You're dealing with a customer base that has done things a very specific way for a very long time, and you need to take that into consideration. So, again, it's starting off very simple. We can do these things for you, whether it's just alarms and, and make you more efficient and keep you away from danger. And as they start to get comfortable with that technology, then you could start raising the stakes and, and educating them on the things that you can do in terms of um, uh, data analytics and pulling the data. So. Yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense, and that's that's good advice. You know, it's uh, is a sort of toehold uh, approach. You know, you can't you can't throw necessarily a enterprise wide solution at somebody who's never done this before because it's going to seem overwhelming, and it's they're not going to see that ROI equation making sense in a short enough time scale for them. No, and you can't talk to farmers about IoT. It's it's, it's not in the vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there. I know a lot of farmers. I work for one occasionally. Uh, they're they're going to they're call you call you out, call you bullshit. Is what yeah. they're going to do. Yeah, they want. They want, they want to, how do you make my business run more efficiently? Is what it comes down to. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. This has been a, a really great conversation. No, I appreciate the opportunity, Ken. Where can folks find out more about you and and about your work? Sure. I mean, you can. Uh, Take a look at our website, which is uh, ruggedtelemetry.com, and we have a lot of information about our solutions. Uh, we're starting to offer educational programs for colleges, so we've created an IoT for STEM. Uh, 
where uh, universities and schools could go out and, and start to build some of the things we're building and, and learn how the whole process of creating these solutions from grabbing sensor data to communications to the platform side of it. And, and of course, our, uh, all of our solutions and, and um, custom SCADA work will, will be up there as well. Awesome. And uh, maybe we'll do a future episode where we just talk about that and the, the education part of all this, because that's I, that's pretty interesting stuff, too. And I've been sort of watching what you guys have been doing on that for a little while. And it's uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. Not so that's that's pretty cool. Um, folks, thank you so much out there for listening. Uh, Jason, once again, thank you for being my guest. This is uh, Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. And it's been a pleasure having you. Have a great day. Well, folks, thank you for listening to this episode of Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. Make sure you go online to check out more content on how you can monetize the connected world at 151advisors.com. That's 151advisors.com for all the information and content like this podcast that will help you power your business and monetize your business into the next phase of the IoT. Thank you again for listening to Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. I am your host, Ken Briota, signing off. See you next time.